to the end zone. Caught! Touchdown, Pittsburgh! Jesse James! Two plays, they take it the distance. I don't know why this has taken so long to review it because clearly Harmon's nowhere close to him. Watch a game or not, who knows? After hearing the play, the receiver in the end zone did not survive the ground. It's oh. an incomplete oh, pass. Oh my goodness. It's Pittsburgh's ball. Second down and 10 at the 10 yard line. There he goes. Third down play. Fakes the spike. Still has it. Now fires. And it's intercepted. It's intercepted to save the game by Harmon. And the Patriots are going to win it. Absolutely amazing. A lot of highlights this week. Wanted to let that roll just so you could get the full context yeah. of what we're dealing with here. So, hey welcome <laughs> to Hello. this week's episode of Title Town. We're going to recap a Patriots win yeah. in Pittsburgh. Epic. Killer. Uh, I'm Melissa. I'm Craig. And we are uh, excited to bring this episode to you. Very happy to be here. Just as a quick reminder, before we dive into everything, uh, you're listening to the Title Town Sports Podcast. You can give that podcast a follow on Twitter. At Titletown Cast. It's a great place to tell us if you agree or disagree with yep, us. Yeah, yeah, I was uh I was a little more than half in the bag live tweeting the game <laughs> last night, two nights ago. It's always good for entertainment. Uh, so if you're into that sort of thing, you can catch us there. You can also catch us on GuyBostonSports.com, which is a Boston Sports blog that just recently uh picked up Titletown as one of their featured podcasts. So shout out to them. And if you want to check out some cool Boston Sports coverage, you can go there too. Very cool. Let's get into it. Let's 2724. Woo, the nail biter. Hell yeah, it was. That was a fucking great game it was i think if you know just general take like if you're a football fan mm-hmm. it's hard not to oh that like game that. had everything and we know like outside of boston the patriots are the you know evil empire oh despised more so today than any other yeah. day for so sure. you know it's fodder for for elsewhere everybody like, wins you can just hate the people everybody you hate wins. and like who doesn't yep. love that and if you are a patriots fan you can cheer for the team you like yep. in this divided world we're all just further into our respective corners <laughs> than we were on uh lines the beginning have of the day been drawn yeah <laughs> let's get to opening takes yeah you want to start of course i do uh so we heard the little clip about the was it a catch? Was it not a catch? Yes. We will get to that. Oh, right. Yeah. Later that's a good, on. good point. Because uh, I think that was a very key point in the game. Yeah. We're going to wondering, we're gonna, how could that not be your opening take? Right. We're going to discuss surviving the ground in our second segment. So just <laughs> fucking relax. The ground. Sounds like some kind of like kids game that you'd play It sounds in like arcade. there's a war happening and there's like mortar shells going off all over the place. So my opening take is the last play of the game. Mm-hmm. Roethlisberger just chokes and throws a pick straight to Duran Harmon's. I mean, Eric Rowe tipped it, I guess. But right, right. Just his right. waiting arms for him to cradle. Yeah, tried to hit Eli Rogers, who was the only man doing anything. Surrounded by Patriots. Yeah, it was like a cloud, literal cloud, because they were in their white shirts. A lot of white jerseys. Yeah. And, and you know, it's interesting watching it back. And Craig and I have both watched it back a couple times, and uh, clearly there was mass miscommunication oh, coming God. from the Steelers on the field, the coaching staff on the sidelines. Roethlisberger clearly thought we were going to spike it. And and then I don't know what he thought he was going to do. He was just playing for overtime. Right. Or I have heard a little controversy. Maybe he was unaware of the down distance. Yeah. He might have thought it was was second. Not. Yeah. That that non catch was a down. Um, And so it was third down. So he didn't have a chance for another play after that. Right. Like that was his chance. And he's running to the line yelling, clock it, clock it, clock it. Doing the arm motion. Yeah. Like like clearly a spike. And Pittsburgh has done a fake spike before. So the Patriots were ready for a fake spike, which mm. I think is why you saw them so quick 
to get into motion. Yeah. I'm jumping all over the place here. Okay. Stay with me, folks. <laughs> <laughs> but then, you know, if you listen to his post-game press conference where he basically says that Mike Tomlin and Todd Haley are fucking dumb and yells in his ear not to don't clock it, make a play. Yeah. And so without anyone else being aware, he goes to make a play and a play he does make. Uh, so, it, you know, and I think it's just like, God, we talk about this all the time and it feels like old news just coming back up. But like these just teams, another good team joke like they can't. I don't know what happens. And it's like you look at the Patriots and like I, I can't imagine that happening, that Brady would step up there and realize, oh, shit, no one else moved. And we just throw it out of the end zone because yeah. what are you doing? Also, Ben Roethlisberger, if you're so passionate about clocking the ball, just do it. Just man. do it. Just do it. <laughs> just right. do that shit. Right. You're you don't the- need the other 10 guys to make that call. So, right. like, if you're don't like after you threw the awful, awful interception, don't right. then throw it on the OC who, who who made you run a play like you're throwing the ball in your hands, man. Like, you right. If you pick. know what's happening in the moment, like you got to make the call. You're the one up there making the read right yeah. like checking the line knowing you're the one reading the defense and making changes on the fly all the time why your team couldn't react and respond i don't know but <laughs> you gotta figure that out or to your point don't do it right. like you gotta know what's happening and say like this isn't gonna work and you see the patriots react and run back as mm-hmm. we're supposed to i just wonder like what was it like from their perspective like if you're the safety or the cornerback or even the d-line and you Nobody moves. Yeah. So when the ball snapped, I'd be like, "What kind of magic? What kind of sorcery is happening here? <laughs> Some kind of black magic?" You sure, people running on Yeah. Like I don't, I don't know what you're doing. I would be so messed up. And I for, don't know what to do. For those that haven't gone back and like inspected that oh, play closely, I highly recommend searching for the the final play of the game, the interception, because it, and when you rewatch it, don't watch Roethlisberger Ross, yeah, yeah. and don't watch Eli Rogers. Yeah, the I'll tell you what receiver. happens. He throws it to Harmon. Yeah. <laughs> Watch Le'Veon Bell, who's standing like behind Ben Roethlisberger, t- back to his yeah, left, closest to you, and watch uh, Darius Hayward Bay, the receiver, also to to Roethlisberger's left, and I think it was Juju Smith Schuster, Smith Schuster, farther to the left. Yeah. They all are standing still. They snap the ball and they don't move. I they think you compared it to riding an elevator. Le'Veon Bell yeah. looks like he's standing on an elevator, <laughs> like checking the time, tapping yeah. his foot. Like they they don't go anywhere. The only person who ran a route was Eli Rogers, which is why there was so many goddamn Patriots all around him yeah. when that ball was deflected. If the team, like as much as I want to get on Roethlisberger for throwing the terrible pick, which was terrible, terrible. you got to throw that ball away there. Mm-hmm. If the team is on the same page and everybody actually runs some sort of football play. Yeah, goes somewhere. Deron Harmon is occupied, right? And right. and in the the defense actually has to cover more than w- one person. <laughs> you suck, Pittsburgh. You blew that. I don't want to hijack just, your tape, no, but I know, I'm just. But it's, oh god, the more I watch it, so I was at work yesterday and I knew what happened at the end of the game. Yeah. So I knew what I was walking into as I was watching it. I watched it, and I was like. Oh, that's even crazier than I oh, could have imagined. So I rewound it. I must have rewound it three times to just watch it and be like, did that really happen? Like so I, bad. How oh, what what went wrong here? <laughs> for was- any for any Steelers fan or just general Patriots hater who thinks that the Steelers lost that game because the refs like screwed them, yeah. which again, we're gonna talk about that in the yeah, next segment. Sure. You tell me what happened on that third down play, right? Which was an absolute Fire drill with nobody on the same page, capped off with Ben Roethlisberger making the worst throw of all time, yeah. which results in an interception. And you tell me how the refs <laughs> fucked blew you. that play. Yeah. It would be one thing. You suck. 
Yeah. <laughs> You're terrible. It would be one thing like, oh, we didn't win uh, or, you know, you had to go to overtime and you talk about like what a shit show the Steelers look like. It's a whole other dimension of fuckery that he threw that interception. So like, bad. You want me, you don't want me to check down? Well, screw you. Yeah, right. Like what? What's happening? I here? mean, at the very least, again, if if the other receivers on the team are on the same page and they run a route, it might not be an interception. It might just be an incompletion. Right. Or Ben Roethlisberger could have seen that there was no play there just and just thrown the ball out. It. And then you're kicking a you, field goal on fourth down and you're going to overtime. I, you know, I know how much you love Tony Romo. I and really he was do. In he was real form. Yeah. Yesterday. He was. He was. Uh, he zenith. He, <laughs> he had reached his zenith last <laughs> night. He was great. He was yelling from the booth. I don't know if you caught that. D- don't don't clock it. Don't clock it. Don't clock it. Throw a fade. Throw a fade. Throw a fade. He's yelling at yeah. them, and like he's not even on the field. He knew what the right play was there, and like Ben Roethlisberger, who gets a lot of credit for being a great quarterback and leading the Steelers for a long time. Totally. He, he played not- a great game. I mean, he played a great game. Yeah, they looked good. Until the last 30 seconds. He played 59 he- minutes and 30 seconds of really good football. Mistake down his football. leg. Yeah. Right. And that's what Patriots play 60 minutes. And, so. you know, it's hard to even blame. You know what? I just circled all the way back. Yeah. I, I put the blame on Ben, <laughs> and then I put the blame on his teammates for not knowing what's going yeah. on. But now, uh, now that I'm thinking about it, blame's back on Ben. Yeah. Because he's the one who's saying, clock it, clock it, clock it. Le'Veon Bell's looking at him say that. He doesn't have the uh, offensive right. coordinator in his headset. He's he doesn't making know. the wrong call at clock it. You shouldn't have been clocking it. You were on third So he's down. telling his whole team to clock it. And and then Todd Haley gets on the headset, it's who like, only Roethlisberger doing? can hear. Yeah. And then, oh, God, just clown show. Just a total clown it's, show. Yeah, They just, blew it. Disaster. The refs did their job, and the Steelers pissed their pants. That's what yeah, happened at the end of that exactly. game. Exactly. And anybody, they had time. Anybody who disagrees can fight me. It wasn't like they had a second <laughs> left, and he was trying to clock it. Like, they had, they had lots of time. He had time. 30 seconds and is plenty of time. You're so close to being able to kick a field goal. You were on third down. You needed to make a play. Any boob could have seen that. And b- sneaky big play before that, yeah. you mentioned to me before yeah. we started, was that... Uh, Malcolm Butler made that tackle yep, inbounds. Kept them inbounds. So the clock can't stop. Which right. is why you see him running back in saying, clock mm-hmm. it, clock it, clock mm-hmm. it. That was reminiscent of Super Bowl Forty Nine. Uh, Dante Hightower makes that great tackle on Marshawn Lynch to set up the next play, which was the Malcolm Butler interception. Yeah, yeah. Everybody forgets about that Hightower tackle, which well, was equally as huge. Right on the goal line, just stuffs him. And that's, you know, and that's where we talk about the Patriots playing smart football. Like, that's smart football. They knew the gain of yards was okay. What they really needed was to stop them in bounds. Right. Right. So Malcolm Butler would probably let him take another yard if it meant he could tackle mm-hmm. him in bounds. Mm-hmm. And like, Dante Hightower did the same thing. And it's like, that's smart, cerebral, knowing the whole yeah, landscape situ- football. It sounds like a cliche because we hear it so much, but it's situational football. Like, that's right. like it's the true. thing. That's what it's they so- do. Stupid. It's just everyone else someone, is so stupid. Someone at some point has to not piss themselves. Like, yeah, like in keep one of it together. I don't, I don't know. It's just crazy it's to me how how all these teams just continue to do that over and over again. Uh, what's your take? We got all fired up about mine. Yeah, I we like sure it. did. I mean, I yeah, that's that's we the story were both of the very game. Passionate that's the story of the it. game. Yeah, I think the one of the other stories of the game though is Rob Gronkowski just being a force, and he oh, is yeah. clearly fully healthy. And he's ready to rock. Brady to Gronk is as as close to unstoppable, I think, as you can get in all of professional sport. I'm trying to think of a combination that is as dominant in all of pro sports when it's like when it's going, it's insane. Yeah. That whole last drive where the Patriots marched down the field with two minutes to go in the fourth quarter, it was like Gronk, 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 run by uh, uh, Deion Lewis, Gronk for the two point conversion. Oh, yeah. Oh, because God. someone missed a PAT. 
Oh. We don't have enough. There's not enough hours in the day. Oh. Not enough minutes in this podcast to get, to get me going. In. He had to get it in. Uh, don't you just love a good two-point conversion, really, though? It, it suits yeah, my Yeah, he didn't tape. even get the laces out. Yeah. Anyways, I do love a good two-point <laughs> conversion. And Rob Gronkowski just, I mean, he I forget who it was who was covering him, but he just made him look like a oh fool. He laughed at him. I forget who the guy was, too, but they had Davis, I think his Sean name was. Davis, I think. They yeah. had him just on him all day, and he was just it's like, getting torched. sit down. And I mean, <laughs> gr down. peak Rob Gronkowski can be summed up as he is bigger than the fast guys, and he's faster than the big guys. And yeah. he's the he is impossible to cover. He did, And like Brady said it in the press conference afterwards. He was They asked him, you know, what do you think about like throwing those like 50-50 balls to Gronk? And he was like, they don't feel like 50-50 balls. They feel like 95-5 balls. Yeah, and he's not like, wrong. Yeah, it, it, and it's insane and it's unstoppable. However, here's Whoa, the concern. Oh, boy. Got a I big, just however. feel like with like we saw in the Miami game what the Patriots offense looks like without Rob Gronkowski, and it's scary. Yeah. And he's injury prone. I'm definitely nervous about Buffalo coming in with a fucking axe to grind. And I just don't know. I remember watching, uh, this was in 2010, that like uh, football life Bill Belichick thing came out. Remember yeah, that? Yeah. And he, they have him sitting in like a meeting with, I think it's him and Brady actually, or maybe it's a coach's meeting. Who cares? And he's basically like, so we've got Randy Moss like going long and, going long, and we've got Wes Welker like underneath. Right. Other than that, we have no offense. Like we have two options. And I kind of feel like they're close to that. Oof. Now. If you can even call it two. Well, right now it's really just one. I feel like Brady the Gronk is all they have. They have that, and then they have little, little like dink check passes. down, dink and yeah. dunk stuff out of the backfield. I just don't. I guess we'll find out if that's enough, because Brady the Gronk is, it's a fucking steamroller. Like, yeah, that could be enough. Like, I'm concerned about it being like the only thing that they have to consistently go to, but like. I don't know. That might be it. Well, they keep like double covering Cooks because I think like reputation is preceding him mm. almost more than anything else. We Pittsburgh was doing it all night last night. Yeah. Uh, this, this is terrible on air asking him a question. That's okay. But do we have an update on the Burkhead injury? Uh, yeah. So sprained knee. And any timeline for return? They, they they said it was hopeful that he'll be back for the playoffs. Yikes. Which I mean, if I were the Patriots medical staff, even if I thought he could come back next week, I wouldn't just because. Yeah. What's who the cares? point? Um, but that's basically just my concern. I mean, I'm, I'm equal parts like in awe at just how that's the, so the Gronk made three big catches on that final drive. The third of which was like the shoestring, like down yeah. by closer to the goal line that got him set up at like the 10 or 15 yard line or something like that. Gronk reaches down to his shoelaces to like pick the ball out and like rolls like. Yeah, he shouldn't the guy be that is flexible. Unbelievable. He's got incredible hands. He's super fucking fast. He's giant. Like he really is a mountain of a man. It's unreal how good he is. And like he wears like, that brace like some kind of arm warrior. <laughs> arm warrior. <laughs> Sticking with arm warrior. I couldn't think of it. Sounds fierce. Like some kind of half Batman. Yep. <laughs> like a cyborg. Take, take all this out. It feels cyborgy to me. Yeah, he's like young cyborg. Yeah. <laughs> Hasn't quite completed his transition. Wow. Over three right there. <laughs> this is went. not good. This is not good podcasting. This can all come out. Uh, well, we'll see. Are they looking at the football, possibly losing control here? Oh, that's what it is, Jim. They don't think he caught it. Oh, boy. Let's see that again now. 
That's exactly right. I mean, he's got. Is that Does possession? he maintain control right here? He's got to maintain possession. Does that bobble in his? Oh, guys, that's. Did he have control? I mean, we've had this discussion almost every week about how this sensibility could... comes in. Is it a catch? Does it look like a catch? This one's tough. I mean, this could go either way. That ball moves in his hand. I mean, it's only a decision that might be the difference between hosting the AFC Championship game or not. Who knows? After Here. reviewing the play, the receiver in the end zone did not survive the ground. It's oh. an incomplete oh, pass. It'll be Pittsburgh's ball. Believe second it. down and 10 at the 10-yard line. The game clock is correct, and we'll start on the next snap. Now they got to go try to win it again. Yeah, they sure do, and they sure didn't. Jim. Craig and I are slowly becoming bigger and bigger Tony Romo fans. Actually, God Craig damn. already was, but like, oh God, just his energy and excitement and enthusiasm. I'm into it. I Yeah, okay. I can't start. Okay. I can't get yeah, into it. Yeah, we won't right get now. on that. That's a good like bi-week conversation. Totally, totally. <laughs> anyway. Just bonus episode. I can just talk about <laughs> Romo for 30 minutes. Anyways. <laughs> all right. So for anybody who lives under a rock and isn't aware of what happened on Sunday night, just very brief synopsis. Patriots score with about a minute left in the game, right? And it's 27-24. Steelers get the ball. Kickoff. I think it was a touchback. And it's they're, they're at their 25-yard line. First play a little dump off to Juju Smith-Schuster, who runs for 70 freaking yards oh down the field. Oh, my God. Oh, me, so infuriating. Play number one. First and 10, Juju Smith-Schuster, catch and run 70 yards. Fuck. Yeah. Trot down the field. Every person in Patriots Nation wants to jump out their window. Basically. Play number two, second, first and 10 at the at the 10. Right. Roethlisberger throws this little straight-ahead pass to tight end Jesse James, who catches the ball, and he's going to the ground, and he reaches out and presumably or, or, or apparently crosses the plane right. with the ball. And falls to the ground. Ruling on the field is touchdown. They review it, and they say that he lost control of the ball while he was hitting the ground. Right. The play is overturned. And in our previous segment, we told you what happened after that. So there's been a lot of controversy about this call, this this event, this rule, and... We've got some fucking hot takes on it, so here we yeah, go. Yeah, it's, it's, you know what it is? It's false controversy. I agree. Because this rule is not a new rule. And the way the rule is written is that we've all heard this phrase before, right? Like, make a football play. It's not, it's not weird. This isn't new fangled 2017 rule. Yeah. If you are a receiver, or as we like to call them, a pass catcher, because yep. the Patriots use lots of people for mm -hmm. that, and you catch the ball. You have to secure it, which means you should be able to make a football play and still have possession of the ball. Yeah, examples of football plays are taking a step, spinning around, right. doing a just any, anything a really. Jump move. That I don't know. Some that's kind some, of high kick. Something maybe? that comes after the catch. Not, right. Like, the catch has to like start and end, and then you have to do something, and then you become a runner, quote unquote. You're a runner. Right. Now you're a person who is possessing the ball, who is running. Right, and when that happens, the, everything the, the dynamic the dynamics change. Right. The rules it's, change. It's two separate ways of looking at it. So when you are a pass catcher and you have not made that football move and you try to stretch out over the plane, what happens is you don't have good enough control of the ball, and you're not going to. The ground is going to cause it to bobble and bumble, and like, of course, that's what's going to happen. And you haven't shown enough possession. Right. Right. That that's. The, the rule. I don't even understand for where yeah. the controversy is. Like a lot of people get, are getting confused about like other things that actually don't apply, like right. breaking the plane. Sure. As a when you're in the act of doesn't catching matter. the ball, breaking the plane doesn't matter. Right. You the haven't caught it his, yet. Right. That's right. The catch. Melissa's getting pissed. I'm getting super irritated <laughs> about this rule. 
<laughs> Things like have the guy's knee was down also doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. He wasn't touched. Right. Like if he was, if this was a play in the middle of the field, 50 yard line, right. and you have a receiver coming across the middle or even going deep. And he just no one's around him. Lays out vertical for the ball. I'm sorry. Lays out horizontal for the ball. Gets it in his hand. And as he's coming to the ground, when the ball makes contact with the ground, the ball bounces all over the place and bounces 15 yards right. onto the sideline. I think we're all in agreement that that's not a catch. Right. right? No one would this even guy just laid it. out, hit the ground, the ball went flying. Right. Not a catch. Oh, make this it. is the same thing as that, except for that instead of the ball going obviously like way away, right. it just left his hand and then he just fell on it. That's right. it. He didn't fucking he didn't he didn't survive the ground. He caught the ball, was going to the ground, reached out and dropped it as he hit the ground. Right. He shouldn't have reached out. So this is the rule, right? And this has come up before. This isn't the first time. Des Bryant I, I, against the Packers. Calvin right. Johnson years ago. Yeah. I think that was also against the Packers. Um Austin Safarian Jenkins. Same idea yeah, in that same, Jets game earlier idea. this year. Exactly. And you know, it's it's been brought up to the rules committee and people talk about it. And like uh, news alert, Mike Tomlin on the rules committee on the competition committee uh, for the was NFL. a part of the committee that decided to keep the rule as is after they revisited it last year after the Des Bryant thing. And, you know, so you'd think if someone was aware of the rule, it would be people on the committee and like how it works and what it means in practicality. Right. And I just think it's like people cre are creating this false controversy about something like this isn't a oh patriots thing and like no this isn't some obscure rule yeah, it's no really not all that obscure at this point that worked in their favor it like, feels like every team has been affected by this like because right. you don't really need another, to know it until you know it right? right like until it happens to you you never really dive into the rule book that much which is normal i mean last night for anybody that follows us at title town cast on twitter and was watching our tweets last night it was me being like that's bullshit that's a catch <laughs> upon closer inspection and i mean hey fuck me i'm not an nfl rep yeah, Jim Hanson, I, I don't right hold either. myself on the same level as Mike Tomlin know, for knowing the NFL right. rule book. Uh, once it happens to your team, you become much more familiar with this with this rule. And like Ben Volen, friend of the show, tweeted out today. He said, hot take. The NFL's catch rule isn't broken and doesn't need to be fixed. Survive the ground. Maintain control. Not that difficult. Right. Because everybody's clamoring for, oh, I don't even know what a catch is anymore. And the NFL needs to fix this. And da 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 da. It's like, ah, do they? No, they, yeah, people just need to know the rule. And what he should have done is just gone down right where he was and shown possession. Mm -hmm. And then they would have been at the one yard line and could have punched it in. Yeah, then you've got then you've got second and goal. Right now you get a quarterback sneak as an option. You can run it. Levian Bell can run it in. You do all of, manner of different there, things. You could elevator. clock it. You could do whatever yeah. the fuck you wanted. <laughs> yeah, options. You can throw a fade route to the corner, which is what he should have done on that interception. Yeah. BGW. But like being upset about the, that call being overturned. Right. Is the wrong is wrong wrongly placed anger? Yeah, like that's not a thing that the NFL is going to change, or that Steelers were wronged on, or the refs screwed up in any way. No, like, they, that the is refs the literally rule. played it totally correctly. And right. I mean, if you're pissed off, be pissed off. I mean, it sucks that that's the way it sure. went down. But if you're a Steelers fan, be pissed at your team for the f ensuing two plays. Well, and not, for not for the not right. for the overturned touchdown. That was the correct implication uh, or the correct implementation rather mm. of a. Not that hard to figure out rule, and it, I don't know. Right, sucks for you, man. Line it up and punch it in. Right, you did it once. It took them two plays to get eighty yards. I know you they got had, it in. They yeah. then had two more chances to get ten or kick a field goal, and they did neither. They threw an interception and lost the game. Right. Here's my thing with replay. A lot yeah. of people are like, I don't know, just generally jammed replay. up, and who are saying, oh, replay is ruining sports and blah blah blah. blah. And you know, I used to think this with baseball all the time before they started doing replay or just started doing like. 
video review in general, like the viewers at home are going to have all these awesome camera angles, right? So the viewers at home are always going to know. Right. We're going to see it. So like I don't want to watch a sport where I, sitting on my ass, know more than the actual referee of the game. Like what? You don't want them to have access to the same camera angles as you? Like unless unless we're all just going to swear away you know, high def slow mo cameras. We're all just gonna watch from Real the time only. from the one high up camera, and if the yes. fucking fog happens, we're screwed. Yeah, like unless we're all just gonna do that, then no, we should use replay. We have the technology. Like, we're, right. we're you're gonna be sitting at home knowing what's a catch and what's not a catch. Like, you're How gonna frustrating with that. You're gonna be? want the refs yeah. to also know. That's right. like baseball. They, they used to happen all the time. Yeah, they would some they would make the call out or safe or whatever, and they would show the replay to the viewers. And right, we would from be 17 like, angles in We would know exactly what happened. Right. And the refs are just standing in a circle like, did you see it? No, I didn't see it. Did you see it? You know, no, I was all the way in fucking center field. How can yeah. I fucking see that shit? <laughs> I'm exhausted from running in here. Jesus, yeah, what do I need to be a part years old. My, my prescription is like, it's like Coke bottle glasses. Like, what do you mean? Did I see it? And we're all at home like, he was out! Yeah, I like, I'll, t- I'll text you right now. Yeah, like, I'll buy ad space on the Jumbotron yeah. and spell it out. You don't want to be better informed than the refs on the field. Right. Like, come on. There's you don't reason. want that. You don't want that league. Yeah. There's a lot of confusion about that rule and a lot of outrage. I don't yeah, think that anybody no. should be confused or that anybody should be outraged. And I understand the gut reaction, the in-the-moment emotional response of like, come on. Right. Like, my team's getting fucked again. Yeah, Patriots I mean, I, again. my team wasn't getting fucked when that was, when that happened. And I my reaction was, oh, come on, that's a catch. Like, yeah. that's a, like, come on, that's a catch. But again, like, I wasn't, I know, I wasn't as familiar with the rule then you know 24 hours ago as i am right now and like honestly after closer inspection it's like not that hard to figure out like i'm with volan it's not like it's not broken the rule's pretty clear hang on to the ball in that in that middle of the field receiver laying out example it makes all the sense in the world this is just a less obvious example of that same thing yeah i mean it, it, it is pretty straightforward and simple when you put it into like pretend it's not your team think about it in the abstract if you are running with the ball and you stretch out and it gets bobbled by the ground, you've already made a football play and shown possession. If you are catching the ball and you have not done anything else, you haven't shown possession yet. Right. That's right. really the crux of it is like if he rolled back over with the ball without moving his hands at all, would the ball have come with him? Nope. No. Yeah. Because it was because on the ground. Because his left hand, the right. back of his left hand was on top of the ball, palm up, and his right hand was to the right of the ball with like his fingers underneath and it was pinned to the ground. Right. And his chest was on top of all that. Like, that's not. Yeah, you're right. If someone like kicked him over and rolled, right? If he him, rolled without ball moving, been, the ball yeah, would have stayed on the ground. Totally. It wouldn't have come with it. It's a good way of putting it. Actually. And that's possession. Thank you. You got you got porked by your own team. You got porked by your own quarterback and your coach and your offensive coordinator. You didn't get porked by the refs. Right. I mean, but, like cosmically, you got porked, like because you know, I, it just pisses me off that people are like, oh, you know, you're playing in the backyard with your buddies. Like that's a catch. Okay. Like, yeah. You sure. don't have slow moments. Is that like? Do, are you really advocating for that? How that's how the league is like adjudicated? Right. <laughs> like, that's what you want. Is that really what you want, or are you just bitter because it didn't go your way? Yeah, you're gonna have like Teddy from down the block coming in, and, like playing quarterback. And yeah. Like yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, nobody's no. arguing when then yeah. you and your buddies play. Like, no one cares. Actually, you know. it probably does end up in an argument every time. Yeah. It probably they only make it thirty minutes and then they end up all fighting and going home. And complaining to their wives about what an asshole. Yeah, totally. That's Benny why they only do the it once a year. Exactly. <laughs> so that's hot takes on the NFL rule book. Survive the ground, folks. It's not that hard. Well, yeah. it's hard to well, do. It's, yeah, it's not hard to understand. Say, it's not hard to understand. Wait, how do I correct that? I couldn't do it, but I can understand it. 
Should we move on to our final segment? Yes. It's my favorite one, the douche of the week. All right, I'm ready. Craig's going to tell me a story this week. Am I? Aren't you? So this week's douche of the week is Jerry Richardson. Jerry Richardson. Probably not a name you're super familiar with, but yeah. he is the current owner of the Carolina Panthers. The Carolina Football Panthers. Been, feature, been featured in the douche of the week segment before. The Panthers have? Yeah. Cam Newton was our first oh, one. Oh, Cam. He was sort of our first douche of the yeah, week. Yeah, inaugural. So he came out today, or yesterday, December 17th, as it were, mm-hmm. and announced that he was going to put the Carolina Panthers up for sale. Not, yeah. not something that you hear happening very often. Yeah, you don't see a lot of NFL owners just being like, ah, I'm done. Some interested parties in buying the team are uh, Sean P. Diddy Combs, mm-hmm. uh, Colin Kaepernick. I'm not sure Kaepernick's got the funds. He's trying to get in on an ownership group. Yeah, sure. Because I don't know what he's going to contribute. But uh, Craig, do you know why Jerry Richardson decided to put his uh, high performing, probably pretty profitable team up for sale? Oh, for sure. Very profitable. Uh, I do. He was uh, accused, I guess we can say, Mm. of uh, sexual harassment and like racial slurs. There was a report on um, SA.com, SportsIllustrated.com, put out a big report on Friday, I believe. That talked to a bunch of anonymous sources, all like detailing in, you know, in detail, yeah, <laughs> to, to, if you to use will. a phrase, uh, a variety of mostly sexual harassment allegations and a sprinkling of uh, racism. Yeah, one in particular against a scout. All in the workplace, no mind you. Not just in his, not like, as you know, not that like sexual harassment or being a racist is better or worse in the workplace or in your personal life. But like, to be clear, it was all like in the offices of the Carolina Panthers. Um, from that article, there was a, there's a quote that says, on multiple occasions when Richardson's conduct has triggered complaints for sexual harassment against female employees and for directing a racial slur at an African-American employee who I think was a scout. Yeah. He has taken a leave from the playbook he's deployed in the past. Uh, confidential settlements were reached and payments were made to complainants. Complainants, yeah. Uh, accompanied by non-disclosure and non-disparagement clauses designed to shield the owner and the organization from further liability and damaging publicity. So that's from SI.com. There's a long article detailing all the creepy things he had the women that was working for him doing, including Jean Day, where everyone would wear jeans and he would have the women like stand in a line and he would like like look at them, like inspect them. (laughs) One of the creepier things that you, yeah. You know, anytime the like the details of these things come out, it's it's just like, it's like borderline, like, like the. Like I, I'm almost afraid to use the word. The creativity of some of these <laughs> creeps is like, whoa! I would never think wouldn't even that. have thought of that. Yeah. Wouldn't even have thought of Gene Day. Craig chugging that one into his playbook. Jesus Christ! <laughs> you know, I think what's interesting, obviously, the climate that we live in nowadays, like mm-hmm. more and more of this is coming to light, and people are being exposed. And you know, people are saying like, oh, is you hear all the time, like, oh, is the is the allegation enough to make someone, like, lose their livelihood? Well, okay, we have a criminal system that is innocent until proven guilty. But I think one of the things that is important to note about this case in particular is the NDAs that people were forced to sign, yeah. the non-disparagement uh, agreements, and the settlements. So if you are innocent of those things, maybe you settle. But you also have them sign a non-disclosure, mm. probably above and beyond the one they already signed to work there, and then a non-disparagement. I, for me, it's like, oh, okay, I don't, 
Yeah, things doesn't that, seem things like that a lot guilty of gray people do. Area These are things here. that guilty people do. Yeah, like do. if we were on the $100,000 pyramid, the answer would be things a guilty person does. <laughs> and it would be no problem getting that. Right at the top. Yeah, and also like, you know, uh if we're gonna be, if we're gonna go to that place of like, should he lose his livelihood for anybody? Jerry Richardson, yes. billionaire NFL owner. Like, I think maybe uh, apart from Weinstein, this might be the most like the the most wealthy yeah. person who has like been accused of anything like this. Right. I don't know. That's a wicked, I mean, unsubstantiated not... claim. But like, I'm just running through <laughs> my head of like fact. who else? Maybe would Matt Lauer. Be more... More, you think he's Lauer's got more money than an NFL owner? No way. No, I just like to talk about what a creep he was. That, yeah, talk <laughs> about creative creepiness. The fucking lock on the desk door. Ugh. It's real sketchy. Yeah, awful. Uh, you know, I just think it's like. And yeah, nobody should be. I, I'm not advocating we throw him in jail just based on the allegations alone. Right. However, like, I fully would support charging him and taking it to court and right. going for it there. But like, I'm sorry, owning an NFL franchise is not a right. Like that's right. a privilege, yeah, exactly. man. Like, and if and you do shit like this, then like, yeah, I'm sorry. Like, m- the men of this world have lost that like moral high ground. If we ever had it, ever, <laughs> we certainly don't have it now. No. Of like, well, like, let's wait until we have it out in court. Like, nah, man, you're out. Like, it's you're done. Out. It's over. You're out. I think Beyonce has said it best: "Girls rule the world." <laughs> we're we're seeing it happen now. It's finally coming to fruition. The queen was right. She's <laughs> leading us all to the promised land. Her Romo-esque prognostication. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty soon, Craig will be out. Me and Beyonce will be hosting this podcast. <laughs> yeah, I just think, like, he's selling the team, you know, and, and I don't, I mean. You think he, do you think that was pressure from his fellow owners, the other 31, or is that yeah. just him? I Seems think it's sort of a rhetorical question. But. Well, I think it's like he saw the writing on the wall, and yeah, he's going to get a lot of pressure probably from the league. The, um, what was that guy's name? That super racist guy that had to sell the Clippers? Clippers, Donald Sterling. Yeah. Right, like pressure from the league, pressure from the other owners. This was that, a little that more low key on, though. That than went the Donald Sterling. Like yeah, exactly. Right, this was, I think, a little more. He probably got a few phone calls from a Robert Kraft and oh, Jerry Jones. I think, I think it was, dude, you're out. Right. Like you're out. Put it up now. Yeah, like yeah, we'll play with here. 31. Right. Like you're out. So uh, he is hard douche of the week. Yeah. Uh, all right. Well, that's it for this week's Title Town. A little off the rails at the end Woo. there. <laughs> uh, we got the. Patriots, Bills. Pats, Bills at Christmas home. Christmas Eve. Yeah. Last two games at home. That's nice. AFC East champs yet again. Oh, yeah. Hat and t-shirt game. Mm-hmm. Congratulations, Patriots. That was champagne. You, <laughs> you met expectations again. Yep. Uh, what do you think about the Bills game next week? Terrified of an injury, but otherwise penciling in a win. Yeah, me too. Head Someone's going to bring Canada. a shiv onto the goddamn field. I do worry about the injury thing. That's, Terrified. Yeah. Mortified. I, I think they should just let Kenny Britt take the hits. Good strategy. It's faster than the rest of them. <laughs> Got the speed and tickets to prove it. Uh, <laughs> Merry Christmas. Yeah, Merry Christmas. Hey, to you and yours. Yeah. Enjoy. Uh, that's good goes to all you out there, too. See you next week. Bye. <laughs>